This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. How long ago has it been now? I don't even know. Six, seven oh, years? It's been at least seven years, maybe eight, actually. Yeah. Time goes by so fast because it seems just like yesterday, but it also feels like I've known you forever. Um, this is Linda Phillips and her whole family. I just love so much. And Linda, I have watched you in several capacities, a beautiful mom of eight children, right? Eight? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's amazing is what it is. And um, all of them are so dynamic, so powerful. And the thing that impressed me most was just how much fun you guys have together and how engaged you all were with each of your kids and being able to like keep them all <laughs> your awareness and organized. And I was just like in awe. So that was my first impression of Linda, just on top of it. Very powerful. Also very athletic, very into like just being healthy and staying up. And that's why I think you have the energy to keep up with your family because you also keep up. Um, and then just, you know, as I've watched you, I, I noticed that you've really become, it feels like you're really passionate about teaching people how to create little habits like you've done with keeping your exercise and your, you know, your health and everything else that you do as a daily routine to be able to facilitate a powerful life. And so I wanted to bring Linda on just so that she can tell you more about what it means to create tiny habits, why it's important and anything else that you want to share with us, Linda, about your passion, how you connected to that, and what you're learning as you teach people. Um, before I introduce, because I want you to introduce yourself more elaborately, but I'm just going to take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. We are back. So, Linda, welcome again. Will you just tell us more about who you are, what it is that lights you up, and whatever else? I'm just let you go right now, and I'll just ask <laughs> you to go along. <laughs> hey, thanks, Kara. Yeah, absolutely, I will. Um, what lights me up is helping people find purpose and passion in their own lives. Um, I raised eight children. I thought I was going to be a mom my whole life, and I was very happy, and there was nothing else I really wanted to do. That was my passion, was my children. And Carrie, you, you, you sort of know our background and our story. And before I get into that, I will give a little bit more about my professional background. I've got a master's in health promotion and exercise physiology. 
And I got that later in life simply out of necessity when I needed to start working. I, the, the industry that I was working in was a lot of the health-related industries. And I felt like I needed that education, that depth of education. So I actually went back to school and got my master's at the age of 48. I know. That was sort of, yeah. Uh, you know, I graduated with a bachelor's in business from BYU. Um, and that, was, that served me for many, many years. But then when I started getting more into behavior design and health behaviors, I realized I needed a deeper level of education to really penetrate, make a difference in that market. So that's, so yeah, those of you that are looking at uh, going back and getting additional education, it's never, never too late. So, so do it for sure. Yes. And I feel like I'll graduate when I'm 48, just so you know, with my master's. So fantastic. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> great, great. Um, but my role right now is I'm the director of the Tiny Habits Academy. And uh, this is uh, the Tiny Habits Method is a breakthrough method in habit formation, and it gives people hope and evidence that they can change very quickly and easily. Now, this method was created by my brother, BJ Fogg, who is brilliant. He's a Stanford uh, human behavior researcher, research scientist, and this, um, he's developed a lot, of, a lot of models and methods, and this model and method of habit formation came about about five years ago when he was just goofing around with, you know, trying some things out. And... Uh, this miraculously was so effective and impactful that, that then he decided that he needed to really expand the method and take it to all corners of the world. So that's when he brought me in to help him do that. Prior to that, I was working in behavior design, but largely in the, in, in the online space, primarily with social media. In fact, I was a consultant for Facebook in their early days for about two years. Um, that was a real interesting experience to see the inside behind the walls, behind the wall of Facebook, literally, um, when they were trying to grow and establish themselves. And they were making a lot of mistakes back in those days, which probably many of you um, remember if you've been on Facebook for any longer than seven years. But anyway, so to, to make a long story short, I'm now in the world of behavior design around habits, habits and habit formations. Um, like I said, you know, several years ago, um, like I was going to be a mom my whole life, and really, that's all I wanted to do. That's why I had eight children. In fact, I actually wanted ten, but but we didn't get there. Um, and my husband was a very successful home builder in Las Vegas. Um, but then in 2010, the economy hit us really hard, and it wiped out our home building business. Um, it, you know, it, at that point in time, it was a family-run, family-based business, and it was really tragic because we had to lay off my son-in-law, my son, my brother. And we had to close our doors <clears throat> to our business because our, you know, just that recession hit Las Vegas so hard we just could not recover. And prior to that, we'd had a few rough years in our personal life as well. We lost uh, my 20-year-old son Garrett to an accidental oxycotton overdose in 2008. And shortly after that, I have another daughter, and she's not going to mind me sharing this. And Carrie, you know Amber very, very well. In fact, you are, you have been very instrumental and still are in mentoring her and giving her guidance. And for that, I will be forever grateful. Um, but my daughter, Amber, is bipolar. And during about 2010 to 2012, it was like we had a revolving door in and out of the hospital. So she was hospitalized multiple times. And that was really stressful. I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe that was more stressful than losing Garrett. But I, I don't know. It, it was just really stressful. Um, and yeah. And um, so in 2000, you know, I guess it was in 2009 when our company was struggled, struggling, I realized I needed to do something to bridge the gap until we got back on our feet. 
little did I know that that would be my path, my path from now on. And what happened, Carrie, and I don't, you may know this, but what happened in 2009 is I had a very serious horse accident that should have killed me. Um, <clears throat> I was life flighted into UMC, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and fortunately, I recovered, not only recovered, but I mean, I survived that accident and I recovered without any long-term effects. But the thing that really impressed upon my mind as a result of that accident is the day after this accident occurred. Now, I had been unconscious uh, for about 24 hours. And as I regained consciousness, the words that were very clear in my head were exactly this, and I'm going to quote it. It was, your life is better, has just been saved, and you better damn well figure out why. That's exactly, exactly the words I heard. Oh my gosh. So when you say, you know, what is your why? Or why are you doing what you're doing? Or what's my passion uh, in doing this? It, it, my goal is to give people hope and evidence that they can change, that they can ha take the power of creating the life that they want into their own control and into their own hands. And I think I'm evidence of being able to do that. Because needless to say, those years, we still are having some rough years in our family. Um, but shortly after we lost our home building business, we lost our horse ranch. We lost everything. Um, and my husband was also diagnosed at early onset Alzheimer's at the age of 58, which um, this, that was four and a half years ago. And he continues to decline in his health to the point where he now can't even communicate very well with us. I have to dress him. Um, he can't fix himself anything to eat. I can't leave him by himself. So as you can imagine, <clears throat> this started to get very wearing on me as we were going through this, this health challenge with him. And also, obviously, he wasn't going to be able to recover with his business and provide for our family. <clears throat> so it became very obvious that I needed to step up to the plate and do that. But as I, as I mentioned with that um, revelation or that, you know, that, that um, prompting that I had as I was recovering from my horse accident, I knew that I had a purpose beyond raising my children. That still is my primary purpose and my passion, but yet I, I think the Lord told me that I needed to spread outside of my own comfort zone in my own circle and really focus on helping people become them best, their best selves. Um, so that's brought me to what we're doing now with the tiny habits method. Um, here again, that's a method that my brother developed and he very quickly realized how impactful this was and that it actually changed people's lives very quickly and easily. Um, and that's a method that I would like to go through really during this podcast and teach your listeners what this method is because it, it can be implemented just immediately and you'll see immediate results. Oh my so goodness. I would love that. I want to really quick, I just want to point out if, if listeners aren't already getting this, that so many times when I hear anybody's story, their purpose, their passion, their connection, their reason for why they were born is found in the adversity and in the challenge. And we can be so trapped sometimes in our adversity thinking that we have messed up, that we're broken, that we're not good enough, that there's something wrong with us. When in reality, most of the time, that's when we're being, what they call it, the refiner's fire maybe, but that's when we're being prepared for our purpose. And it's just so, that's part of my purpose is to help people to see that. That where we are doesn't mean that we are not going where we're meant to go. And you are the, incredible example about that. So I just wanted to thank you and just point that out. And now, yeah, turn it back over to you to teach us <laughs> habits. <laughs> well, thank you, Carrie. We all have obstacles in our life. I don't think anybody uh, 
avoids that. I, I think the real key in life is how do we learn from our obstacles and how do we overcome them? I still have days where I struggle with the challenges I have, but yet I'm not going to give up. There's no way in the world any of these challenges are going are gonna to defeat me. And that's my mindset is I, I know that there's a solution. I know that there's a way to turn these challenges into good learning experiences where I'll actually be better as a result of going through them. One of the <clears throat> processes and methods that I've had in really regaining <clears throat> my confidence and uh, getting the strength to face these challenges is using the tiny habits method. Um, and I'll show what my favorite tiny habit recipe is and how it's really pulled me through some of my darkest hours over the last few years. Because um, it is a, a method that gives you the power and the ability to see yourself, <clears throat> I'm sorry, a little horse, see yourself as a victor instead of a victim. I think so often we get in the victim mindset. And that's really damaging because <clears throat> that keeps us in a place where where it's okay to feel sorry for ourselves and it's okay to say, oh, poor me. <clears throat> I don't agree with that. I don't think that's okay. Um, so let's get into the tiny habits method. This is a method where if when you implement this, you can create habits and new behaviors in, the, in as little as five days. It does not take 21 days to create a habit. That's a fallacy. We have over a million data points that support that people can create habits in, in five days or less using the tiny habits method. As I mentioned, I'm the director of the Tiny Habits Academy. And through the academy, <clears throat> we teach people how to create habits. We have a free five-day program that anybody can sign up for, and it will teach you how to use the Tiny Habits Method. In fact, we have coaches that will guide you through that process. We also have a program where we teach and train coaches how to use the Tiny Habit Methodology in their own practices. Our purpose behind this is so that we have a broader reach and so that we can touch and impact more people's, people's lives much more quickly. Now, the tiny habits method, oh, I'm sorry, just jump in, Carrie, if you have something that you want to say. <clears throat> I, I will, but right now I'm going okay. yeah, keep going. Um, there's three components to what we call a tiny habit. And when I say tiny, it means a behavior or new, new habit that you want to create that's really tiny. Um, the first part of a tiny, the tiny habits method, we call it the anatomy. The first part is what um, we call the anchor moment. It's an existing routine in your daily life that you attach a new behavior to. And I'll give you some examples as, as I go through this. The second part, or the anatomy of the tiny habits method, is what we call the tiny behavior. Now, this needs to be really, really super tiny. It will take root, and if you want it to be a bigger behavior, it will continue to grow and expand over time. Now, but when I say... Is that like the idea? Is it must be a little tiny? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so when you say, well, how tiny is tiny enough? And this is where most people, when they're trying to create new habits, this is where, um, this is why they fail, I guess is the right thing to say, even though I, I don't really call it a failure. This is where they struggle. They try to do things that are way too big. For example, you know, if you want to start working out, you know, if your new behavior is, oh, I'm going to work out 45 minutes every day. Well, that might last a week or two. But because it's a difficult behavior, your willpower is going to run out pretty soon. And because you haven't planted that new behavior as a little tiny seed in your daily routine, it most likely will not continue. So that habit will not become a sustainable habit. <clears throat> yeah. the, last, this, the third part of the anatomy of a tiny habit is what we call instant celebration. And this is really key in creating any habits, even if you don't have an anchor moment. An instant celebration is an attachment of a positive emotion to a behavior that you want to repeat. I'm going to repeat that again because this is so important. In fact, you'll want to write this down. 
<clears throat> it is, it's an instant attachment of a positive emotion to a behavior that you want to repeat. Now, as far as a positive emotion, you know, we call that a celebration. It can be anything as simple as even nodding your head and acknowledging, you know, quietly to your, in your head to yourself, good job, I'm, I did it, or way to go, or I'm moving forward. Any kind of phrase that makes you feel good about what you just did is sufficient. Or it can be all the way to a full-out cheer or thumbs up or pat on the back or anything that really reinforces that behavior that you just did and causes you to feel good about what it is, you know, attaching a positive emotion to that behavior. Um, now, what I find oftentimes when I'm working with clients in creating new habits, the instant celebration tends to be a sticking point. And that, when I first started doing tiny habits years ago uh, with my brother, that was a sticking point for me too. So I totally get that. And um, what I mean by a sticking point is oftentimes people think, oh, I don't need to celebrate, or this is weird, or this is awkward. You know, I'll just do, you know, my tiny habit and not celebrate. That really, you're defeating yourself if you do that. If you attach a positive emotion to behaviors, you'll find what, what happens is you have a feeling of what we call success momentum. And as you know, <clears throat> success leads to success and change leads to change. So it's really important to set yourself up to feel that success momentum, because additionally, it's like dropping, you know, a, a pebble in a pond. There's a ripple effect that goes out that not only do you create those new habits that you're celebrating, but other things start to change in your life as well. Just like, I mean, it's, it's actually, actually magical because you don't even set out to change other things, but because you're feeling successful, those change as well. Um, so let me share with you a few of our tiny habit recipes so you understand exactly you know what what a good tiny habit recipe is um so one of my very favorite tiny habit recipes and this is a recipe that has changed my life this is a recipe that has pulled me up out of my darkest hours and has really given me the courage and strength to get through my day and i still do this tiny habit every single morning and the habit goes like this after my feet hit the floor in the morning i will say it's going to be a great day and i celebrate that now, you might say, well, that's so simple. How does that change your outlook? Or how does that make an impact? Trust me, it does. It really does. Because um, you wake up, you have a win right out, you know, a, a success right up as soon as you get out of bed. And not only that, but even if you have a hard day ahead of you, you tell yourself it's going to be a great day. That gives you the power to do everything in your, in, in your power to make it a great day. Subconsciously, you're going to do all that you can to make it a great day. Um, this is what has changed my perspective several years ago from that of a victim to that of a victor and to really realizing that, you know, I'm in control of my life, how I respond, or I don't like to say react because I think react, 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 reacting to situations um, takes our power away, but responding to it still gives us power to decide how we're going to um, basically respond to whatever the situation is, whether it's a challenge or a spouse or a child or, or whatever. <clears throat> So that time, I found the reaction is comes from letting the circumstance control me, and it just like is a an instinctual almost thing. Where a response is me being my conscious creator of how I respond to the situation. So I'm in charge, or my circumstances are in charge. That's what how I differentiate the two words. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, and this tiny habit. Um, just you know, a lot like what you're focusing on with your podcast, uh, Carrie. Is it? it it helps reinforce my purpose. You know, my purpose, which is, was very clear 
made very clear to me in August of 2009, my purpose is to help people, to give them the hope and evidence that they can change. If I'm having a bad day, I don't have the ability to do that. So if I start my day out with my clear purpose that it's going to be a great day, um, that helps me move forward with my mission of helping other people. Um, another tiny habit, and I call this bookend habits because this, you know, the we call it the Maui habit is the one at the beginning of the day where we say it's going to be a great day. The other habit is what we call the gratitude habit. <clears throat> and that habit is after my head hits the pillow at night, I will think of one thing that I'm grateful for. So here again, and then you'll celebrate that and you'll think, good job or way to go or woohoo. Whatever it is that you use to celebrate, to pull up those positive emotions to that behavior. But what that does is as you're going to sleep, instead of having monkey brain and thinking of all the things that you didn't do or need to do or, you know, didn't, people you didn't call, you know, all the negatives from our day, yeah. we're going, yeah, we all have them, right? Yeah. We're, going, we're going to sleep with a positive thought. And this does impact our rest. It does impact what we think of during the night when, when our bodies are you know, recovering. So that's really important. So that's another example of a tiny habit recipe. <clears throat> um, a few other examples of tiny habit recipes that are very common, and we do have a list of a lot of them. In our, in our five-day program, people put together three tiny habit recipes, and we have coaches that help them through the week to, to achieve those, the habits, those behaviors that they're wanting to achieve. But another one, and ironically enough, we have had people that write us and tell us that they've lost weight, that they've created better eating habits, all kinds of different things as a result of this tiny habit, which honestly at first surprised me, but it doesn't anymore. But the tiny habit is this. After I flush the toilet, that's the anchor moment, is an existing routine that most people have in their lives. It's after I flush the toilet, I will do two push-ups and then celebrate. So you do two push-ups. Um, what ends up happening here again is because you're being successful at finally moving forward and taking care of your health by doing two push-ups. Now, it could, it could be anything. It could be squats. It could just you know, be anything. Um, you're starting to rewrite your identity. You're starting to see your person as someone who cares about their health, someone who's taking steps forward in improving the, their health. And then subconsciously, this puts you on a path to do better behaviors throughout the day. Another example, I've got, I could be here all day telling examples. Another example of one of my clients that I was working with, he, um, and we do suggest doing three habits at once, and there is a, a reason behind that. Um, I won't get into it here, but we do suggest that you do three habits at one time because, well, I will tell you a little bit why. Um, be, because when you're doing three, you typically, you know, one of those will typically work. One of those typically won't work, which isn't bad. That's actually a good thing because that teaches you how to practice and revise the habit, you know, what you need to tweak to make that habit work for you. And the other one falls somewhere in between. Um, so, you know, it, we don't, with tiny habits, we don't look at, at a habit that doesn't work as a failure. We just look at it, and this is why we call it a recipe. We just look at it as something, well, we need to adjust something in that in that recipe to make it work the way you want it to work um, but anyway this this gentleman that i was coaching he created a tiny habit of after i start start the coffee maker i will pack a healthy treat um, and that was one of the recipes that that he was working on for the week at the end of the week he he wrote me and he said oh my goodness he said this this has been phenomenal <clears throat> he says i've lost five pounds now why guys can lose five pounds so fast it's just not fair <laughs> but anyway he had podcast on that. <laughs> I know, I know. They, they could just blink and lose five pounds, I think. Yeah. But anyway, what had happened as a result of this tiny habit was he was no longer buying food out of the vending machines at work. 
So he's also said he saved $35 that week. Um, and because he wasn't e eating junk food, I'm sure that contributed to his weight loss, you know, his success with losing weight that week. Um, he also said that when he went to the grocery store, he purposely went down the produce aisle first to buy the healthy snacks that he needed in order to fulfill this tiny habit of packing a healthy snack after he started the coffee maker every day. And so as you can see, there was a lot of ripple effects with this tiny habit. And I did hear from him, you know, I, co I coached him for a while. And I did hear from him again after I was done coaching, coaching him. And not only had that habit really helped him um, take control of his health, but it also had an impact on his family. So his whole family had changed their eating habits and behaviors as a result of him doing that one tiny habit of packing a healthy snack. Wow. Um, so there are... As far as tiny habits, um, another tiny habit that we encourage a lot of people to do, and this will give you an example of you know, how if you do a tiny behavior, even if it's just really super tiny, it will expand and grow, is flossing your teeth. Now, we all know we should be flossing our teeth, but really, honestly, how many of us do that? Um, maybe a lot of us do. Maybe most of us, you know, my experience when I work with people is most, most of us don't do that. And we do know that's really an important behavior for our health. So the tiny habit, this is what we call a classic tiny habit recipe. So the tiny habit that we recommend for some people to do is after I brush my teeth, I will floss one tooth and then again celebrate. So notice brushing your teeth is the anchor moment. It's what you do hopefully every day. Flossing one tooth, that's tiny. There's no resistance to that. It takes no willpower to just do one tooth. Then you celebrate. If you want to go ahead and do all your teeth, you can, but you don't have to. But what this does is it's planting that habit at that time of your day, and you're feeling good about that little tiny behavior. And it's very natural to go ahead and start flossing all of your teeth very quickly. Yeah, so, you know how good it feels to have that, that space cleaned between your teeth. You like play with it with your tongue, and then you want to do more, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, so that's basically the tiny habits method. And um, anyone can implement it. We have kids implement it. We have obviously, you know, parents and adults implement it um, and do it quite successfully. And what we see in our research is, uh, and this is one of the things that we study quite substantially, is it helps people increase the confidence that they have the ability to create the habits in their life that they want, that then in turn help them design the life that they want to live. It sounds like a very simple intervention, a very simple approach, and it is, but it's a very powerful one. So... Wow. I have an example of a tiny, I have several. I mean, that's to me basically how my own transformation has come about is by tiny little things that I, when I was doing them, I'm like, this is so dumb. And then when I would share it, it was even almost embarrassing to me to share that it was such a big deal, but it was this tiny thing. And those, when I would share them were the times when I got the biggest response of like, oh my goodness, you know, I relate to that. So it's been really cool for me, but the one was wearing my hair up. I had a big goal of wanting to be confident. I didn't know how to do it. So I just um, started putting my hair up because I was always afraid to do it. And it made no sense to me. But at the same time, it was like this idea that popped into my head. So I was trying to think, what was my anchor moment? Um, and it, it first started just doing it an hour at home. So it was, yeah, I would just, um, you know, do my hair, get everything ready, get dressed. And then I'd put my hair up. But then it turned into going to school and doing it in public. So when I'd get in the car, I'd put my hair up. But the celebration, I was trying to think, how did I celebrate that? And it was just taking that ponytail holder out of my hair and just like shaking it and feeling so free. <laughs> I celebrated. I'm like, I did it and it feels so good to take it out. 
but the transformation in me that happened from that, I can't even begin to describe how powerful it was. And it's, and now it's actually become my anchor moment for when I'm feeling frustrated, if I'm feeling scared, if I'm feeling something that um, is daunting that I can't, that I think I can't do, I put my hair up and then I go for it because that's become my anchor of courage. And so it's cool how that little transformation has happened. So everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, I get this. I get this so much. I love it. Um, and the other thing you mentioned was about, you know, you can create a habit in five days. We don't need to do it for 21 or 60 or 90 days. But the difference is that I've found at least is the intention in having the habit. So if I'm just like, I'm going to do this for 21 days and I'm going to check it off my to-do list, it won't become a habit. It doesn't matter how long you do it because it's just something to put on my list to say I've done. But if my intention is to do it to create a habit, to empower me, to become who I want to be, then yeah, in five days I'm going to do it. Like I had to only wear my hair up a few times to know that I was going to do it. It didn't even have to become a question of am I going to do it today or not. I just did it, right? Yeah. So the intention behind it, don't you think? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, so often I think we're caught up in checking off the box like a task list. Yeah. We don't really encourage our clients um, or, you know, our coaches in the tiny habits program that we train to track the habits that because what happens when somebody's tracking, like checking the boxes, <clears throat> um, the first day that you miss, you look at you, even though you've done it for maybe 10 days in a row, the first day that you miss, you look at yourself as a failure right. or you, or, you know, you, 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 we focus on the negative. Um, so, you know, we, we approach tiny habits as, you know, this is a playful method. It's fun. Um, but yet it's very impactful and powerful. And I think the celebration piece, in my opinion, is really the secret sauce to the that's method. I was going to say, instead of checking it off the list, celebrating it, that's so much more powerful. I love yes. that. Yeah. In fact, um, I've learned to celebrate like everything. I celebrate making my bed. I celebrate, you know, when I wipe off the counter. Because I've just changed my whole perspective. Then instead of being really down and negative on myself, which I have been in the past, I realized that, you know, life is to be celebrated, even our little tiny baby steps, just like when our children start to take their first step. That's so small, but yet it's, it's, a, it's a huge step forward, and that should be celebrated. Um, and I do find some of my clients, I actually have to give them permission to celebrate. This is common with women. Um, it's like, no, this is not optional. This is something you have to do. You need to attach a positive emotion to a behavior or habit that you want to repeat. The strength of the emotion determines how fast that behavior becomes a habit. So, you know, it might take three days. It might take 10 days. Um, but whenever anybody says it takes 21 days to cre create a habit or 60 or 90, I just cringe because that it's like, no, no, no. You can create a habit really quickly um, if you know the right way to do it. If you know when to, you know, to use an anchor moment, you know, what's an existing routine in your life that can act as a trigger. And if you make that behavior really tiny, so it doesn't take willpower, that there's nothing stopping you from doing it. And then if you attach a positive emotion to that, then that's, that's how you can create a habit really fast, really quickly. That right there can be the permission to celebrate. If you're struggling with celebrating, maybe just realize that it's how you're going to create a quicker habit. And like, that just changes the whole perspective of celebration for me. That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love it. The um, other thing you said, you know how yours is your anchor moment when your feet hit the floor to just say, it's going to be a great day. One of my favorite mentors, and I didn't even realize, I guess he was a professor I had at BYU. His name was George Durant. Cutest little man. If you've ever, uh -huh. you know who he is, Google him and just watch him. He's adorable. But he would always just say, today is my best day so far. And he'd do it like <laughs> 700 times. And he just was so cute about how he did it. And he's like, 
he would just say every day, no matter what, I just say today is my best day so far. And so that's become one of my own mantras. So anyway, I love that as well. Um, you know, uh, this is such a great method that you can use to really, and for lack of a better word, to hack into your behaviors and to create quick fixes for things that you're struggling with as well. And I'll give another example. <clears throat> um, two years ago, when my husband started to decline pretty quickly, it was very, you know, needless to say, it was um, very discouraging for me. And I felt overwhelmed. And I thought, gee, you know, this, uh, you know, we're on a path here that I can't fix. Um, and I, start, I found myself spiraling, spiraling down into that deep abyss that sometimes we go into when we're struggling with challenges or problems. And I thought, you know what, Linda, you know how to fix this. You know how to correct this. How, you know how to stop this spiral be, so you don't get apathetic or depressed um, about the situation. And so I thought, okay, I need to create a habit of gratitude that happens frequently throughout my day. And as you know, gratitude is such a powerful habit and behavior to have. Um, so not only, you know, and this was when I still had, I had the habit of the gratitude, you know, after my head hits the pillow at night, I'll think of something that I'm grateful for, but I realized I needed to sprinkle that gratitude throughout my day. Um, and of course I looked at what, you know, what do I do throughout my day on a consistent basis, no matter what? Well, I flush the toilet. I go to the bathroom and because I drink a lot of water, you know, the average person goes to the bathroom seven times a day. Well, I drink so much water, it's probably 11 or 12 for me. So I thought, okay, that's my anchor moment that I need to use. So my tiny habit that I practice to this day is after I flush the toilet, I think of one person that I'm grateful for that has made a difference in my life. And just doing that little tiny behavior, it doesn't take me very long to do that. And of course, I celebrate that. And I, I actually celebrate that person. <clears throat> um, that has helped in about a matter of three days. It pulled me out of my downward spiral very quickly. And not only this, that, but what surprised me is it strengthened my relationships that I had with the people that I am grateful for, that I, in my mind, express gratitude for every single day. And every day they're different people. But yet, um, it's not that I've expressed gratitude to them, even though I have also made that a habit, but just uh, by the intention of being grateful for them, it, it's here again, one of these mythical, magical things, even though I don't think it's mythical or magical at all, but it has strengthened my relationships with them. And I think that has to do with my purpose. You know, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking of people that I'm grateful for? Because I truly am. And because I also know that they're a lifeline for me, that if I really was, you know, going down and needed some help, I could reach out to any one of them and they would be there in a heartbeat for me. And so here again, that gave me the strength and the courage to fight my daily battles and to do it with a positive attitude. And not only that, to look around me and see, okay, who's, who else's life can I touch today that I might make a difference in? Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I have one more question, and I kind of feel like this whole podcast has been just a, a spray of good news. However, I like to ask all of my guests if, if you could just share us some good news from your corner of the world. So if there's anything in addition to that, I would love to hear it. Oh, my goodness. There is so much good news. I'm trying to even... Wow, how do I, of course, my good news is always around my children because um, they're what bring me the greatest joy and my grandchildren as well. So I guess my, the good news that I have is I've got, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be limited to just one, but I've got a, grand, a daughter, not a granddaughter, a daughter who just got accepted in nursing school at the U and she's doing great. She loves it. 
And then the other good news is my daughter, Amber, who has a little boy now and unfortunately went through a divorce a year ago, is just thriving. She's doing so well. In fact, I honestly had, had to hold my breath during that, that whole uh, divorce situation because I was afraid that that was going to be a trigger and cause her to spiral, cause her to go into a manic. But it didn't. She's been such a fabulous mom. Mm. And the other, you know, just, just uh, one thing that brings me joy every single day is another one of my daughters, Nicole, has the cutest little baby girl. It's the, the only granddaughter that we have. And every day she sends me cute little videos of Eloise doing fun things. Another good news is tomorrow I get to go with Brittany to Los Angeles. We're going to a mastermind group. Um, and I always love spending time with that daughter. Um, and Brandon came and got Brent for the day. So from now, from here until nine o'clock tonight, you know, he's spending time with Brent to help me out, my husband, to help me there. Um, there's just so much good news. And I have a daughter on a mission. I always love hearing from her. So sorry, I am just like vomiting on you with all my good news, but it always is around what my kids are doing. That's what I love. It's your ability to see the good news, just sprinkled me with good news. And I know like, as I'm sitting here thinking, oh yeah, and that's, that's good. That's good news for me too. So you know, I think it inspires us all to look around and think, what are those little moments that make us bubble up like that? Like we just experienced. So that was lovely. I thank you so much. And yeah, Amber's part of my good news. My very first memory of being with you guys, we went to dinner. I don't know. We were at a a company event. We went to dinner and Brittany and Brandon, I didn't know who, I mean, I had just met you guys and they were hilarious. And I think (laughs) we climbed up on the roof of the restaurant and we're like posing like statues or something. And it was so funny. And I like at that point was so quiet and so reserved. I was like, how can they even dare do that? But I couldn't help but laugh. So that was just, I thought about it a lot. Like, I want those moments in my life. I want to be able to grab hold of life and just have fun in the moment. And it was so foreign to me at the time, but it was like, I always look back at that as just a, a moment of good news in my own life. So just to show them. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Carrie. Yeah, I definitely have unique kids. And obviously, we don't take life too seriously. So, <laughs> so lovely. I love it so much. You are an amazing woman. You have an amazing family. And I just really loved the opportunity to chat with you today. I know um, we're closing up on time. I just wanted to ask you how people can get a hold of you. If they want to know more about tiny habits, if they want to be able to, you know, create their own tiny habit recipe, whatever it is, how can they find you? Oh, I would love that. Like I said, my purpose is to help people live a happier, healthier life and have hope that they can make the changes that they want. They can get a hold of me through, um, you can go to tinyhabitsacademy.org, and you can sign up for our free five-day program. And um, there's a link on that page that you can, it goes right to the sign-up page. Um, you'll, you'll probably most likely be coached by me if you sign up through that page, or maybe one of the coaches that I have in training at that point in time. Um, also, my email address is Linda at fogphillips.com and that's f-o-g-g-p-h-i-l-l-i-p-s.com you're welcome to email me um you can even google me on online and you'll find that even my phone number well actually my phone number is on the tiny habits academy website you're welcome to call me i try to make myself as accessible as i possibly can um simply because i feel carrie i feel like um the challenges that I've been blessed with in life, and I can say blessed because as a result of them, I've grown, are also opportunities for me to help other people that are facing challenges and help them use those challenges to really 
bring out their strengths and to find refine their lives and refine them. So wow. I would, so yeah, reach out to me. I would love that. Well, we will put all of the links to those in the, the show notes so people can find them, you know, and they can't, if they're driving and can't write that all down, it'll be in the show notes. And just to close up, I had a similar message to what you had. It wasn't in the same words, but mine was your story is not your own. And so that is also why I've opened up to, you know, share my stories and to just do everything I can to be able to help people see that they're not alone and that there is support out there in whatever it is that we're going through and that it will lead us to our passion and our purpose. So I appreciate you sharing yours with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie. And thanks for making such a difference in my life. Oh man, likewise. This is the EWN Podcast Network.